To those of you listening to us on the internet, to the men and women in our armed forces, wherever you may be, to our members and guests here at beautiful Savior Lutheran in Milwaukee, grace be to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God upon which we base our message on this second Sunday in Pentecost is from the Old Testament, Isaiah 65. You heard it read before. I recall just these words. I was ready to answer those who didn't ask. I was found by those who weren't looking for me. I said, here I am, here I am, to a nation that didn't worship me. I stretched out my hands all day long to stubborn people. They chose to go in the wrong direction. In the name of our dear Lord Jesus Christ, who died and rose so that we might live forever, my beloved. Did you ever notice how much we can communicate with our arms? And then, of course, uh, if you're in the Navy, uh, some of the flagmen have to learn how to do the semaphore. You know, with the flags, with their arms. Today I want to talk about two uh, communication by the way of arms that our Lord God gives in Holy Scripture. One is like this. And the other one is like this. If I were to stand before you today and tell you exactly what was going to happen in the year 2169, you'd say, oh, the guy's a little nutcase. That's exactly what Isaiah's problem was. Came to the people of Judah and said, because you have turned your backs on the Lord and walked away from him, he's going to destroy your city, your capital, all of it. It's going to be a rubble heap. A lot of people didn't believe him. They thought he was an unstable nutcase. Some people did. And they were scared. And so a couple chapters, a chapter before, of the words before us today, they prayed a prayer. If only you would split open the heavens and come down, the mountains would quake at your presence. Be like the fire that kindles brushwood and makes water boil. Come down to make your name known among your enemies. The nations will tremble in your presence. You showed your anger because we've sinned. We've continued to sing sin for a long time. Can we still be saved? Despite these things, Lord, will you hold back? Will you be silent and make us suffer more than we can bear? And then comes the words before us where Jesus answers. And he says, I stretched out my hands all the day long to stubborn people. They chose to go to the wrong places. But he still wouldn't destroy them completely. So we want to uh, consider this morning how Jesus communicates to us by his arms. One this way where he says, here I am, here I am. And another way where he says, come to me. It's kind of interesting and God only knows why he did this, but um, God reveals himself to us in special ways. Now, I think revelation is a very important concept. Because I can stand before you, and by the way, 11 years ago, not many of you knew me. 
You got to know me by a lot of things that I told you about myself. There's still some things that you don't know about me, and the way, only way that you would know is if I would tell you, like, maybe some of you know, how many grandchildren do I have? What are their names? How many boys and how many girls? What is my wife's middle name? So, you know, I can have Ruth, and there's four boys and nine girls, and... Um, 13 grandchildren, and um, tell you a little bit. But the only way that you can know about me is if I reveal myself to you and tell me, tell you about something about myself. And it's the same way with God. If he wouldn't tell us about himself, he would remain a stranger. Now, God revealed himself in a very unusual way. In the Old Testament, he came to one man in the whole world and revealed himself to him and told him that from him all the nations of the earth would be blessed by one of his descendants. And then there was Abraham, and then there was Isaac, and then there was Jacob. And all of a sudden there was a big group of people of all those descendants, a million and a half in Egypt, and God took them out, and now they were out in the wilderness. And those million and a half people were the only people in the whole world to whom God had revealed himself. Everybody else was going to be lost. Imagine that. I remember back uh, a couple July 3rd uh, fireworks downtown. And um, we picked out a place uh, on the lakefront, and we uh, were up on a building. But our kids, they always like to stay down on the ground and far away. And so we got on our cell phones, and we said, well, where are you? Where are you? And we looked up here, and, and uh, they got a little closer. And they say, here we are, here am I, here I, here I am. He said, oh, yeah, I see you up there. God didn't want only his a million and a half people to be the only ones that knew about him. So he used those people to say to, to others, here I am, here I am, in very unusual ways. One time there was a little Israelite slave girl who was a slave of a Syrian army captain. He didn't know about the Lord, but he had leprosy. So the young girl said, I think you should go see one of the prophets, Elisha. He'll tell you how to get well. Elisha said, yeah, bathe yourself in the Jordan seven times. The leprosy went away. Now he praised the Lord. There was a famine for three years. Elijah went to a poor woman in Zarephath, also a non-Israelite. And she was just about starving. Elijah said, take me in, and your oil and your flour, they won't deplete for three and a half years. That's exactly what happened. She came to the Lord. You see, that's the way it always works. The insiders who know about the Lord have to take the message to the outsiders who don't. Those people look, weren't looking for the Lord, but he used people to say, here I am, here I am. You know, you weren't always insiders either. I don't know what your background is. Mine's Germanic. If you go way, way back in history to the Germans, the Teutons, uh, they would worship trees. They would worship the thunder. They weren't looking for God. Somewhere along the line in history, God said, here I am, here I am. And they find out, found out about the true Lord. Uh, when you were born into this world, you were an outsider. 
You were dead in trespasses and sins. And so God said, here I am, here I am, and with a little water on your head and God's word, he brought you into the inside of his kingdom. Second way that God answered this prayer is he said, I stretched out my hands all day long to stubborn people. They chose to go the wrong direction. Those were God's people, the Israelites. And during this time that Isaiah was prophesying, they were doing everything complete opposite of what God asked. And we go through a whole list here in front of us. One is they said, uh, oh, by, by the way, I have to, have to mention this, that um, uh, I have two of my grandsons here this morning. One is out there in the narthex because uh, he has a soprano voice that sometimes gets out of control. But um, when your, your grandkids even are a little younger like that and they're just learning how to walk and you haven't seen them for a long time and sometimes grandpa will say, come to grandpa, come to grandpa. And they go the opposite way because you know, they're shy, they're afraid. That's what was happening with Israel. God was saying, come to me, come to me. They went in the opposite direction. And uh, uh, it gives us some examples. They would sacrifice in gardens, it says. God said, if you bring your sacrifices to me, you come to my temple. Bring them to the priest. They'll lay them on the altar. Ah, that's too inconvenient. We'll just offer our sacrifices in our garden, in our backyard. God said, you come and you bring your sacrifices to my altar in the temple. I will accept them there. They said, nah, we're going to build brick altars. God hated brick altars, man-made altars. All of his altars were made out of stone, his creation. They sacrificed at brick altars for their own convenience. It says they worshipped in graves and caves. They probably tried to conjure up the dead. Uh, they they uh, practiced seances and the black satanic arts. They ate pork. God said, no, I, I want you to have a special diet that separates you from all the rest of the people in the world. They ate pork. And then they had the gall to tell other people when that they came into contact with, uh, we're holier than you are. Because we're God's chosen people. Stay away from us. Isaiah says in these words, finally their sins rose to God like smoke in his nostrils. I like to do some barbecuing out in the backyard. You ever do some? Every once in a while, you get in the way and the smoke goes up your, your nose. It really hurts. God says that's the way the sins of his people were. In fact, it's sort of like a, a burning garbage dump with all the garbage and burning. It's going up to God's nostrils. He couldn't stand it anymore. He says, I'm going to repay you for all of your sins. Oh, we're not guilty of any of those things, are we? Today? Anything that um, you did or did not do this uh, past seven days? Uh, that if your Savior was walking along visibly with you, how would he have reacted? Would he have been ashamed? Would he have been proud? Would he have been sad? An angry thought or an angry word against the member of your family or a member of the church? The way you treated your body, not getting enough sleep, putting the wrong things into your body. Worshiping at your own convenience. How's your prayer life been recently? Been doing any daily devotions with the Lord Jesus? 
Oh, I'll worship God at my own convenience when I feel like it. When I get to church at my convenience, we'll get together, God. I don't know when, but we'll have a good time then. We're guilty of God's wrath, too. And even if you listen this morning and say, oh, yeah, but that, those are no, no problems for me, uh, Pastor. Then we get down to the bottom line, basic sin of all, self-righteousness and self-justification. I'm not as bad as anybody else. Pastor, you really gave it to them this morning. They really needed it, didn't they? We should be, be repaid for our sins, too, but God wipes them away, and every time we repent, God says, return to me, because I love you, and I will take you back. And that's exactly what he did with the, the, his Old Testament Israelites. He destroyed their city, wiped them all out, but he saved a remnant. It says uh, that he, it's sort of like a gardener going into a vineyard. And he looks at all the grapes, and it's really not a good vintage year. And some of the grapes are shriveled up, but some of them are still pretty good. And one of the servants says, no, no don't destroy them all. Uh, don't get rid of them all, because there are still some good ones with some juice in it. Save those. Don't destroy them all. And that's what God did. He saved a remnant from Jacob, a descendant. He couldn't destroy all of his people because... From those descendants, Jesus would be born. And he would punish him and pay him the, uh, and make him pay the debt for all of our sins and the sins of his people. God communicates with his arms. Sometimes he says, here I am, here I am. To outsiders. So when you came in this morning, um, in the lower uh, foyer, you probably said, oh, my goodness, what's all this stuff? What's all this garbage doing here? Well, for one thing, it's not a bunch of garbage. It's a rummage sale. But you know, more than that, it's one of the little ways that we have around here for the community to say, here I am, here I am. If you go downstairs right now, it's kind of a mess down there, but that means it's progress for the stage to be set up here for Vacation Bible School, where we will tell the community, here I am, here I am. Insiders all need it, uh, always need to tell the outsiders, we have a Jesus. And to us insiders who are guilty of sins too and uh, uh, lead shabby lives in comparison to our God's demand for perfection, God still extends his arms. And in fact, he gives us even a greater signal than that because he stretches out his arms on the cross and says, come to me, all you weak and burdened, and I will give you rest, rest for your souls. You know, just like God promised uh, his Old Testament people, that he was going to destroy their city, their capital, their nation. One day God's going to destroy all of this too. This is not lasting forever. But he will save a portion. Those who come into his arms when he says, come to me, 
Then Isaiah also says, I will create a new heaven and a new earth. Past things will not be remembered. They will not come to mind. Be glad and rejoice forever in what I'm going to create. Because I'm going to create Jerusalem to be a delight and its people to be a joy. And there will not be any hurt or destruction on my holy mountain. And that will be forever and forever. And you can trust that because Jesus' promises always come true. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Please stand. Peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We take this time to gather our tithes and our offerings and our connection cards. <laughs>